Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Thanks for coming back again. So today I'm going to be talking about a really important topic that has been touched on multiple times throughout the last, you know, several, um, actually, over the course of the entire podcast, I think it's come back as a recurring theme of always having a backup plan. Uh, But before I dive into that, I just want to make sure to invite you that if you are interested in being a guest on the show, you can go to www.yesiworkfromhome.com forward slash podcast forward slash guest. And that will bring you to a form you can fill out if you want to share a few details about your journey of working from home, why it's working for you, uh, maybe some of the challenges and frustrations you've experienced, how you've been able to overcome some of those, and whether or not there's anything that you would like to share that would be beneficial for other people. So please, I would love to interview you. I do every once in a while do these solo episodes, and I, um, ironically, I've done two in a row. Uh, but that's that's good. There's a lot there's a lot to be said, and I'm going to dive right on in. So we're talking about backup plans today, and I'm going to probably go through a little bit of my own uh, backup plan for a lot of the things I have in my office, my home. Um, but I'm also going to retouch on a few things that people have said in the past um, in some of these previous episodes. So when I think of a backup plan, I think of it as a protection, a safety net. Um, A lot of people think of having their rainy day fund as like their plan. Like if something fell through, they have like their three months or their six months um, income saved up that they could live off of. Um, But a lot of us don't have that luxury uh, to have that much money in a savings uh, account somewhere. And I want to talk about some of the things that those of us who work from home can do to protect the job that we have. Um, It just depends. I I know that there are many different people I'm talking to right now. We have the entrepreneurs and the employees and the managers and the people who are working from home full-time who are working for themselves or for someone else. I understand that every company or every entrepreneur is going to have a different set of uh, needs for their business. And I want you to just think about what you need to do the work that you do. Uh, what piece of equipment or what person or connection do you have that is so central to what you do every day? Um, And then what would happen if you didn't have that anymore? If something broke or if a connection got lost or um, just something about the nature of your work that you do that can't get disrupted? I'll give you a moment to think about that for a moment. (laughs) So for me, I have been recently working as ESL teacher uh, teaching online. So I'm using the internet. I'm using my computer at home. I'm in my home office and I am doing this in the middle of the night. Something that has come up is that I found out that my internet provider likes to do their updates, um, or make changes in the middle of the night around 2 AM seems to be their favorite time. And that was a time that I was often, often already teaching. There'd be sometimes an outage between 2 and 3 AM or, um, 2 and 4 (laughs) AM. And so I've had to learn how to deal with that. Um, But to be a little bit more broad, I I guess when I'm thinking about backup plans, I'm thinking about the things that we do to prevent something bad from happening. So I'm thinking about an emergency kit. Um, When I'm going to go out on the road, I have in the back of my van, I have jumper cables. And I don't think that I have like a battery starter I might. I just bought an emergency kit recently um, that's a little bit more robust than the one that we had before. So um, what else? there's actually a first aid kit in my car. We actually have like two or maybe even three first aid kits in the car, um, just depending on uh, where where I'm looking. We, we sometimes go on a bike ride and 
um, we'll put all the kids' bikes in the back of the van, load them up, and we just have to make sure we have Band-Aids and um, antibiotic ointment and all these different things because it's inevitable that one of our kids was going to scrape their knee. Um, and I was just kind of thinking about what kind of backup plans we have in our in our life that we, we do without questioning. For instance, when we, when we fly, we often carry... Um, luggage onto the plane with us as a carry-on. In the past, back when they didn't charge extra for checked bags, we would pack huge suitcases full of all the things that we might need for a vacation. And then the carry-on would just be like the few things that we might want for the flight and maybe a change of clothes and like a toothbrush just in case something happened. Um, and that has happened, actually. Um, I have been stuck without my luggage <laughs> more than once, actually, and had to live out of that carry-on for a day or two before it would catch up with me. Um, nowadays, of course, with, um, so many airlines charging extra for the checked bags, I think that we just try to cram everything into the carry-on and that is our suitcase now. Um, and then also just like a purse. I was thinking about that old TV show. It was like a game show that people used to watch and it was like, oh dear. It was some, everybody had a huge purse with them and you had to like dig into your purse and they'd give a prize to who could ever pull out the most random like kitchen sink item. Um, and I was thinking about what a, what a handy friend that would be to have someone that you, you'd maybe travel with who just happens to have everything with them. So I guess now that I'm working from home, I have had to learn that my office has had to kind of contain a lot of my little backup plans that I have for the different things I needed for my work. And when I was working on site, I used to have a supply closet where we would go to get our refills for paper and the backup batteries. And like, um, if our computer wasn't working, there was a laptop we could use and things like that. Um, and now that I'm working from home for myself, I have to have all of that. When I worked for home, worked from home for Mayo Clinic, they sent home equipment with me, including a backup keyboard. Um, I think they gave me a backup keyboard and a backup mouse. And if I messed those up, I was on my own. But they provided one. Um, if I kept breaking things, then I would have to replace my own. But I used their um, backup keyboard. I, I think they originally had given me like a nice ergonomic one. Um, and then like the last year or two, I was working off of a straight keyboard, which was not ideal. Probably one of the reasons that I have all these neck and shoulder and back issues. Um, not having the most ergonomic setup, but also being too cheap to <laughs> replace it with something better. Um when I'm looking around my office, I, okay, so you can't see it here if you're watching the video version of this podcast episode, but I do have quite a bit of shelving around me and it's just the nature of my work. And I know that not every person is going to have the same um, type of work flow that I do. I've been teaching and using Relia and props and things to, to demonstrate how to say certain words in English or to have a conversation and to just kind of like supplement that. Um, so I do have a fair amount of just like, looks like toys in here, um, random office equipment and things. But then the really important stuff is I've got batteries. Um, if my mouse dies while I'm in the middle of teaching, um, that's just like the worst nightmare. I can use the, the trackpad on my laptop as my backup plan, but it's not good for if I'm doing a 10 hour shift. I have to have a battery to, and I can, I can change my battery in my, in my mouse while I'm teaching and nobody would ever know. Um, but I've had to do it a lot of times and it's, it's just best. Um, same thing with my keyboard. Um, if my keyboard goes out, 
I can get by with typing like this with my arms up on my keyboard on my laptop, which is positioned higher because of the camera angle and and for ergonomics for my head. <laughs> um, but if I have if I keep doing that, I'm going to start to struggle with headaches and you know just a lot of tension in my neck and shoulders and. Because I'm a history of already having problems in the area, I am not going to attempt fate and, and do that for very long. I was in a group for people who were starting to work from home teaching English. Um, this was a couple of years ago. And this person was like, I am just having so many headaches. And and I found out that he, he had a standing desk that he had made for himself. But he was doing that. He was raising his arms way up to almost shoulder position to type. And he was teaching like long hours, like four hours or longer without stopping at all. And I was like, <laughs> I can tell you why you're getting headaches because I've done this, you know, when my keyboard wasn't connecting with Bluetooth for a while and I hadn't figured out how to use like the unifying receiver for my Logitech keyboard. Um, I, I did that and it was brutal not having um, a proper uh, keyboard setup. So I'm going to just go ahead and kind of like go through some of the office equipment that I have and then what I use for the backup plan. And I, I know that I've touched on little bits of this here and there, but I want to just put it all into one episode because I feel like it's important for people to think through um, some of the things that you might want to have a backup plan for. And I, again, I just want to say, I understand that some people, all they need is a laptop and they are comfortable and happy and fine to just have their laptop and it probably be a charger um, to get through their day. And, you know, they're not having to answer to anyone else and, things like that. But for for those of us who were like on the clock or in the middle of a meeting and maybe working for a company that is a little bit less forgiving for some of these mishaps, I I just want to go over some of the things that have saved my butt a lot of times over the years. I'm looking over here and I see my headset. So uh, a couple of companies that I've worked for um, required not just um, an over-the-ears headset with a microphone, but they required it to be a USB um, headset. And so that just, I think it gives a higher quality connection. And I know that some people would try to teach without any headset at all, but it was pretty much not allowed. Um, some people have taught with AirPods. Um, and I'm using AirPods right now, actually, for this. But um, the, 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 the sound quality coming from the microphone in the AirPod is not, the highest quality. And I've noticed that just testing things out um, here and there. So I would say the AirPods are definitely a good, um, a good backup, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that as your sole um, first choice for a headset if you can. Um, but I also have had just usually I've always had a pair of wired earbuds as well. Um, because I use some Apple products, I usually have like the higher quality Apple ones. But I got a few <laughs> cheap ones for my kids. I think I got 10 sets of really cheap earbuds, corded earbuds, for $10. So a dollar a pop. And I'll tell you what, I tried to do my interview for VIP Kid. That was my very first ESL job. And I showed up to my interview. And they had said, um, you know, please use a USB headset for your interview if you can. But if you can't you know, higher quality, like Apple earbuds are going to have much better sound than say an off brand. Well, I don't know if I just didn't realize or if I didn't have any choice or I couldn't find them or what, but I, I showed up with my off brand 
earbuds and they had a microphone on them and I failed that interview. So they gave you two choices or two choices, two chances for that interview. Um, and I failed that first, uh, go at it. And the lady told me, she's like, I could see that you were doing everything right, but I just could not hear you. She's like, I couldn't hear you pronouncing, um, some of the, like the S's, um, some of those softer sounds. She's like, I just couldn't hear it. I was basically having to read your lips because that sound wasn't coming through. And so in a pinch, if you have to have something, absolutely, you know, you can use the lower quality, but, um, I would definitely recommend having, um, higher quality headset for sure. Um, I've actually noticed on several occasions. Okay. So my very first time that I ever did a Skype interview with a woman. It wasn't actually I was interviewing for a job. I was interviewing her to see if I'd want to work with her as um, she was going to be like a temporary VA for me. Um, This was several years ago. And I was so nervous about this because I had never been on Skype before. I had never installed it. And I was like so focused on that, that it totally and I think that she had said, please make sure to have a, a headset with you. And I was like, rearranging my bedroom and making sure that the wall was looking good and like setting up like a piano bench with like boxes to put my iPad on top of it. And so that I would have like a nice professional background. And we get to this little interview. And first of all, she didn't even turn her camera on. Um, and she just wanted to do a voice call. So we didn't even activate the, the video. Um, so she couldn't even see that I had like presented everything nicely. Um, but I didn't have any headset any earbuds. And so what happens when that, when one person shows up without any kind of headset is that they're usually playing the sound through the speakers of that device. And that means that it's going to reverberate through the microphone into that same device. And so what happened for me is that I couldn't hear any echo, but she was like having the worst echo and she could barely get through it, you know, she probably was experienced with that sort of thing and was like, okay, we'll just struggle through this. Um, but I have been on the receiving end of that a few times was teaching. Um, you know, if they had the volume turned up really loud, um, that sound will just leak right back into the microphone and it's just a nightmare. So always try to have some sort of backup set of head- headphones or headset, um, earbuds, AirPods, whatever you call it. Um, especially if you're going to ever be on any kind of video call where you will be communicating back and forth and be on speaker. Um, I'm looking around and I see a lot of plugs and connectors and chargers and things. And obviously you need to be able to charge your devices. Um, If you don't have a way to charge your device when you're out and about, it's nice to have that backup charger in your phone. Um, Sorry, in your car. So I do have like the the USB that I can use, but then you have to have all these different kinds of connections. So some of them have the lightning pot, lightning, I don't even know what they're called. (laughs) All the different kind of connectors. There's the USBs and the not the USB minis and all the different things. So just know that um, when you're out and about, you're going to need to make sure that you have the correct connect, the correct connections. Um, I have had to buy a few dongles and adapters over the years that will allow me to use, for instance, my USB headset with a device, for instance, my iPad that doesn't accept that USB. So uh, if you ever might be traveling and you're going to be using a different device, um, then you're maybe like a desktop computer. Just make sure that you have the correct connections to be able to charge your device or to be able to use something like your headset. 
Oh, yes. So Ethernet. I actually always try to be, I'm always trying to be connected by Ethernet. This is um, the the cable connection for my internet coming from my router, my modem router dual thing that I have, that I actually, and I have a docking station that um, has all the adapters and all of the different types of, I don't know why this word is just escaping me today, but all the different ports, <laughs> ports is the word that I need for my USBs and all the different things. Um, it even lets me do HDMI and um, it even reads my SD cards. It's pretty amazing. Um, I think it's a little bit out of, I got it from Best Buy a few years ago. And when I've tried to see if I can like recommend it to people again now, um, I've noticed that it's like out of stock kind of thing. So the ethernet cord basically is my internet connection from my router cable, uh, modem, uh, device down here. And it's, uh, actual, a physical cable that comes up into my docking station. And, uh, my docking station has all the different ports that I need. Uh, to be able to have like my USBs because my MacBook uh, that I use doesn't have anything except for one, um, one or two little ports that don't that aren't compatible. So uh, it's basically kind of my catch-all for all of the things I need. The Ethernet allows me to have a faster connection, a secure connection, um, straight into my computer through that docking station. Um, I I highly recommend using Ethernet cable at all times if you can. Um, people don't really realize how much you lose when you, um, when you don't, when you're just depending on Wi-Fi. And I know that just searching, ser searching the web and, you know, a very casual meeting, maybe on Zoom or something like that is not going to show a lot. But when you get into like video conferencing and you've got multiple feeds and people, um, talking, especially like, for instance, I've been teaching English, um, overseas. And I'm telling you, when you are starting to sing a song, um, with someone on the other side of the world, you really start to notice that lag. And when I have the Ethernet connected, that lag almost disappears. If it's if it's um, depending on Wi-Fi, and if especially both parties are depending on Wi-Fi, you really start to feel it. I had an interview with the email security guy Dan Wheeler in episode 16, and he talked a lot about how not only using the Ethernet is you know good for speed, but it's also really good for security. It's just one less thing that people can use to hack into your into your personal data. So um, Ethernet is a really important thing, um, but if you don't have Ethernet, then Wi-Fi is your backup. I definitely like to think of it that way rather than the other way around. Um, Ethernet is, to me, the higher standard. Um, when I have traveled to... Oh, we had a wedding in the family, and we were going to not only fly out for the wedding, but we also were going to spend a few days with my husband's family. And I didn't want to cancel too many classes. You know, I wanted, I still had my schedule already opened up for teaching, and I didn't want to have to cancel anything. And I, I guess I maybe could have planned ahead and not opened up those things, but I was able to go ahead and teach anyway um, from my in-law's basement. But I think I traveled with an Ethernet cord. I think in my carry-on, I packed one because I knew that they had a router downstairs um, and that they had Wi-Fi for the whole family and everything. But I didn't know if they'd have one and it wasn't, I guess, convenient or I didn't think, you know, in the last minute I was like, I'll just throw one in. And I have a few different lengths. Um, there have been a few times that I've actually taught in my home. I'm in my upstairs level right now, but I have um, taught... <laughs> for Christmas in front of our Christmas tree several times. And even though I could get by without 
um, the Ethernet for a few days around the Christmas season and just use, you know, um, the Wi-Fi. I actually have chosen to go ahead and purchase an extra Ethernet cord to be able to go down the stairs and around the corner. Um, and I think it makes it all the better, especially since I'm singing songs with these kids and it's a really better experience. So um, Ethernet, I would say, is definitely first choice. Wi-Fi is second choice. Third choice for internet is a hotspot. Now, I know that depending on where you live, hotspot might actually be your first choice. Um, but if I ever have an internet outage, which like I mentioned earlier, uh, the internet service provider that we have loved to do their updates in the middle of my teaching time. And I just never knew when I was going to lose my connection. So I had to learn how to use a hotspot. And I have discovered that I can have a faster connection on my hotspot if I am wired. So I do have another adapter or dongle or cord or whatever you call it that has the correct connection from my phone straight into my computer without having to use the docking station. And um, that has saved my butt a lot of times uh, when, I've been, when I've been working for these companies in basically based out of mainland China. Um, they have a very different standard, I guess, for absences. Um, one of them actually uh, has been very, I want to say forgiving, but they had a policy that you were allowed to have one absence for personal reasons every six months, which I think is quite fair. <laughs> um, you were allowed to have different kinds of absences um, if you had like an internet outage or a power failure or a technical problem with your equipment. There were other basically free passes for those types of things. Um, but if you just like were late um, because you slept in or missed an alarm or set the clock wrong, you only had a very short um, amount of those kinds of absences. I think you were allowed six and six months, but that would be termination at that point. Um, and so when you are teaching at two o'clock in the morning, you want to make sure that you avoid that as much as possible. Um, I should probably talk about alarm clocks as a backup, actually. Um, while I'm at it, someone wise once said, and she was, um, is Shannon Mabry, I think from VIP kids. She talked about this in a workshop one time. And she said, if you have seven alarm clocks set on your phone, you really only have one because your alarm clock on your phone, they're all going to go away. If your phone dies, if something happens to your phone, if it croaks or the battery dies, um, you would, you would lose all seven alarms. And so definitely it's a good idea if you ever do have uh, the kind of job that's very dependent on you being on time to have an alarm clock set on another device, you know, an, an analog clock or, you know, your husband's phone or um, an extra iPad, which I have done all of the above because, again, I have worked these third shift hours for the last 12 years, more or less. Um, and so I would be having alarm alarms going off on different parts of the room, you know, having to stand up and get up and walk away from my bed to turn off an alarm is a much more effective way of waking up at 2 a.m. than just hitting the snooze button a few times. So um, <laughs> getting back to it, um, the, the Internet thing actually is actually pretty cool. Also, um, it leads me to the battery backup that you can have um, for some of your devices. So. A lot of us have maybe like a little portable uh, charger for our phone uh, for, you know, extra battery. But I don't know if everybody knows this. I talked about it with Joe Milne um, 
Let's see. Joel Milne was in episode 20, um, Adventures in Teaching ESL. <laughs> he and I were talking a little bit about what happens if the internet goes out. You know, when you're living in a place like Lima, Peru, they might have sometimes more power outages than maybe I experience here. And he said that he had not only his own laptop, but I think two more. His his wife and his stepdaughter also had laptops. And if he ever needed to, um, in a power outage, he could switch devices and have their batteries. Um, so that's that's one thing. But I actually have a device that's just sitting right behind me. And it's called a battery backup. I have a box for it. Um, I think I have shown this even before. I got this at Best Buy. It's the battery backup cyber power. Um, 530 watts and it does have 250 minutes of runtime during a power outage now um, half of the outlets are on the battery backup and half of them aren't so you make sure that you only plug in the things that you would want to continue to suck that battery down if there's a power outage such as maybe your um, modem router uh, I actually choose not to keep like a fan or a light plugged into that um, side because those would drain faster. I do have um, an LED light. Actually, all of the lights in this room, I think, are LED, so they don't take very much power. But one of them, or two of the light bulbs are in my ceiling, so I wouldn't be able to control those if my power went out. But the lamps that I have, I could plug in if I needed to. Um, but I know um, one time we were out of power for 90 minutes. And the miracle was that not only did I have a light, uh, but my computer was basically still running um but the the internet was able to continue going because i had the battery backup so the router continued to work and gave me internet even though i didn't have power to the house uh so that is something i highly recommend um, as a backup not only does it help you cover the internet or the the power outage but also internet if you are depending on your uh, router I think that at some point I did have to end up using a hotspot for a little while and I did run off of my battery um, on my laptop for a little while as well, but I don't think I had to cancel a single class. Um, you know, those were those weeks when I was working a 10 hour shift and, you know, to have a power outage for 90 minutes, that's three classes. Um, but I feel like at one point there was another time that I had to go for about two and a half hours. So it can, it can get you through in a pinch for sure, but I would definitely make sure that you only keep in your lowest powered um, devices plugged in and then also, um, you know, just try to really conserve. So I would turn off the light when I wasn't teaching if it was between the five minutes class and I turned it back on. So, all right, moving on. Um, I think I've already talked about the mouse, the keyboard. Oh, desk. So once upon a time, I think it was... The same summer when my um, my husband had a family wedding, I also had a family wedding two weeks before that, three, three weeks before that, I had a brother get married. And sure enough, again, we we all got in the car and we drove you know, 30 hours to, to Minnesota and we stayed in a B&B. It was an Airbnb. <laughs> and uh, the guy, okay, so I grew up in Minnesota. I should have known better. Um, but we were, he was getting married over the weekend of... It was like the end of May, early June. So we would be there at the end of June. Now, I have been to Minnesota on May Day, like the beginning of May, and had a snowstorm, like two feet of snow. And we were going to be there at the end of May. Uh, and the guy told me that the house that we were renting did not have air conditioning, but we wouldn't need that until like July. So don't worry about it. Well, we got there and it was like 
probably record-breaking heat wave that weekend and um, humidity. Um, so it was like 95 with 95% humidity. <laughs> and um, it was pretty terrible. I was going to be teaching, I think, all of the days that I was there. And thankfully, they did have a few fans in the house. But what I had to figure out what to do was what to do for a table. Um, normally, I'm sitting at my ergonomic desk that has like adjustable keyboard tray and, you know, my ergonomic chair. Um, but in a pinch, you know, I wanted to continue teaching, but this is a, what you have to do. You just have to eyeball the situation and be like, where am I going to work for this, um, you know, a few days? And so I walked into the Airbnb. It was a four-bedroom house. It was an older home. And they had like this little antique uh, vanity with a little chair and it had a little drawer. And I figured out that I could sit on, I don't know what I said. I think I maybe sat on the chair. Um, and it had the vanity and I took the, the little drawer, which I guess was empty because I turned it and I turned it inside, I put it upside down and I put it back. Um, and that was my keyboard tray. And then I was able to have the computer up on the vanity, maybe like on a little box. So it'd be a better angle. Uh, but I've had to do this a few times where you basically walk into a situation like, Hey, I got to get some work done and I'm just going to like assess the situation and be like, Let's go and just grab what you need and go. Uh, there was a time that I, I drove to Las Vegas for a conference and I actually was the driver for several people. We all went up and um, my, car, my car broke down on the way back. Um, we were just trying to leave Vegas a few days later and it overheated. Um, the next day I found out that it was a $10 um, gasket cover, something like that. It was a, it was a cheap fix. They tried to they tried to charge me like $700 to fix things and I was able to advocate for myself. But in the meantime, um, my friend rented a car. They went home. I needed to stay and get my van fixed. And I already had classes booked for the following morning. Uh, I had planned on being home. And so I walked into a hotel room and I'm immediately just assessing. There was a desk, but I didn't want to teach at the desk with the bed in the background. So I was able to figure out that there was like this little stool thing I was able to sit on. I was, I think I put the computer on the bed actually. Um, cause I was concerned about my backdrop. Like what did things look like behind me? And sometimes you have to make like a makeshift desk. This was just for a few hours. It wasn't going to be like days or anything like that. So I sacrificed ergonomics maybe a little bit in the meantime, but, um, you know, lighting is a big deal. I'm looking around like, okay, am I going to have enough lights? Well, this room was like decked out in lights. It was pretty amazing actually. Um, because that's one thing that I would often travel with if I was going to um, work on the road, like with the Airbnb. I, I actually brought a lamp with me. Um, I think it was still in the box. And I don't think I ever needed to assemble it, but I was ready to if I needed to. Because we, we had the van. It was okay. Um, I actually taught from my brother's bedroom. Um, he was the one that was getting married and he let us stay in their home while they were gone on their honeymoon. And again, I'm just like assessing the situation, looking around and... Um, you can do it. So back up for a desk. Um, I would just say that if you are going to do any kind of like makeshift thing, um, that's not like your permanent setup, which obviously you do want to have something um, that is going to be ergonomic. But for, I know a year ago, so many people got sent home. They're just having to work from home. Um, obviously everybody has struggled through that and we're kind of coming out and some people are already going back, um, back on site now, but a lot of people worked on their kitchen table 
And I I heard so many times as I was, especially as I was doing like my market research, so many times people said, oh, after about three months, my shoulders started to really hurt. And I found out that so many people were just putting in their laptop straight on their kitchen table, sitting in their, you know, kitchen chair and working like that for months without ever making like an adjustment. So there are some risers and things that you might want for your, um, for your laptop to bring it to a more ergonomic position. Uh, there's definitely things you can put under your feet. If you ever do need to just sit at the kitchen table and that's what you're doing, uh, keep, keep note of like what you're, how you're sitting. Are you, are you in a weird position? Would you be more comfortable if your feet were flat on a, on like a Tupperware box rather than, you know, like I have to, I'm kind of on my tiptoes because I'm five foot three, (laughs) um, not very tall. Um, so just be mindful if you ever do need to, you know, if you're in the middle of a move or you're, uh, adjusting from a home office into a different part of your house, um, just be mindful of trying to be as ergonomic as possible. And you can do that with makeshift stuff. That's fine. So, um, one thing that actually happened to me this week, I'm going to change gears and talk a little bit about clothing and um, my glasses, actually. I was waking up, uh, I think I had a 3.30 a.m. class earlier this week, and <laughs> later on my family came down. I was sitting on the couch, and they're like, where did you get those glasses? Did you get new glasses? And I was like, oh, no, these are like from like 10 years ago. I don't even remember when I used to wear these, but... They're my emergency backup glasses that I keep in my office just in case I can't find my glasses when it's time to teach. Because I have tried to teach once or twice without my glasses on and it wasn't it wasn't okay. I have a bad enough prescription. <laughs> I have bad enough vision that I probably shouldn't ever try to teach without it. So uh, the very first student that I saw, I have known her for three years. And I knew that I just looked really different um, to her because these are very different glasses. Um... And I was like, sorry, I'm wearing my old glasses, but it's me. <laughs> um, but actually, when I got my new glasses, the ones that I wear now, they're um, got them at Costco literally like the week before the pandemic really took hold here in the States. Um, and I wanted to get two pair and I made this funny decision. I, don't, I know some people like wear glasses for fashion and they will have five different colors and really I don't know, just different things. I actually wanted consistency, and I have never done this before, but I bought two glasses, two pairs of glasses exactly the same. The only difference is that one of them has the blue blocker tint or film. I don't know what you call it. And the other one is just plain. Um, And I knew that I would be on camera a lot, so I didn't want to have um, like the, I'm sure that I probably have accidentally recorded with my blue blocker glasses on. I'm not even sure which ones I'm wearing right now, but, um, you know, they do give quite a blue hue if I'm on film, um, or having my picture taken and I prefer to just wear my regular ones. I wish I would have gotten contacts honestly before, um, the pandemic took hold here, but I didn't, we were going to put that off to another day and I just didn't do it. And I've been in glasses, in glasses ever since. Because I am on camera all the time, um, and because I'm waking up in the middle of the night to teach, it's actually been really important for me to have some clothing in my office because there have been a few times that I've sat down and been like logging in and getting my computer restarted. I always do this thing where I clear my cache every time and I, um, you know, restart my computer and I'm logging in and I'm doing all this, like this little sequence that has saved my butt again. You know, that's, that's what we're talking about, right? Um, 
having that little routine has helped my internet be a little bit more stable, uh, especially when I was having some struggles with router. Well, there have been a few times that I have shown up um, and realized that I was wearing like a tank top. And most of my clothes are quite modest, but especially with the um, the clientele that I was working with, um, bare shoulders might not be uh, appropriate, especially with, you know, teaching kids. And so I've always had this like little shrug that I could just kind of like put on over my shoulders. I could kind of tilt up my camera so that my uh, <laughs> camera angle was just kind of like chin up. And I just kind of pull this shrug on over my shoulders and lower my camera again. But I have um, not just that for that situation, but I actually have um, started keeping a whole stack, like almost like a whole drawers for th- worth of clothes in my office because I just keep all of my work shirts in here. I have um, the red polo shirts for the one company and I have just a whole bunch of t-shirts that I've won from different events um, with VIP kids. Like they just give away t-shirts or you can win them or earn them or something. And I just have like six, I don't know. Um, and I think I have even kept like pajama pants in here before. Um, I have a funny story and I am a little bit embarrassed to say it, but um, there has, I have one memory of one time that I actually, for some reason got caught, um, not caught, that's the wrong word. There was one time that I needed to teach a class and I don't know why I wasn't 100% dressed, but I didn't have time to put my pants on and be to that class on time. So I feel like maybe I had overslept or I had like a coffee spill or something. I was in the middle or I just lost track of time. And I just remember thinking, I will make sure to put pants on before my next class. But here I am and he'll never know because I'm going to be seated the whole time. Well, thank God nothing happened. And I never would recommend working without pants. If you're going to be on camera with children, um, big no-no. I have heard some terrible stories of people having... um, a mishap where they've had to accidentally <laughs> uh, stand up and um, and you, you don't want to be that person. Um, there's funnier examples, of course. There's the, um, there was a news guy who you could see he was wearing his, he called it his workout pants, but they looked like boxer briefs and you could see them. He just, he didn't know that the camera angle was revealing that much. Um, the funny thing about the day that I uh, ended up teaching that one class without fully without being fully dressed is the very first thing I had to do with that child is sing a song. And it was about all the clothes that you wear. I was teaching a unit about the clothes. And the second verse was, if pants are what you wear, then point your finger there. And I was like pointing at him and the camera because I knew he was wearing pants. Um, And of course, like I immediately, you know, finished getting dressed. So Hey, I know some people are like, oh, I never wear clothes when I'm working from home. Well, if you're working with children on camera, I would change your ways. <laughs> it's my it's my good recommendation there. So in my last episode, I actually talked about babysitting um, or hiring something like a part-time nanny or a mother's helper. And a little bit of what I talked about, and you could go back and listen to it. It would have been episode 28. Um, I talked about what happens if that babysitter falls through, if you were depending on someone and that nanny's supposed to come and then they get sick or their kids get sick or their car breaks down. Um, I think it's a good idea to just take inventory of who you know and who you could call in a pinch. You know, do you have a friend um, or a family member or relative who 
would be willing to come in a pinch. And if not, if you're in a situation like we are, where you live far, 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 far from family, we live, like I said, about a 30-hour drive, not only to my husband's family, but also my own, or a flight. Um, so it's not like they can just hop on an airplane and just come and babysit our kids if the babysitter's barfing or something like that. So um, there are a few things that we've done. We, When we hired people, we always interviewed several and we'd say, hey, you know, we're hiring for a few positions. We're looking to hire our main nanny and also backup. Um, would you be interested in either position? <laughs> and I always kept every name. Um, and I'd even usually follow up with most of those people about a week or two later to find out because things would have come up. Um, but what really helped me have a little bit more security, actually two things, depends on what kind of employer you have. If you are an employee, um, your work might offer the benefit of having emergency backup daycare. Um, when I worked for Mayo Clinic on site, uh, I don't know if I would have qualified for this. Um, I didn't have kids when I was living there, but the doctors and nurses who needed to be there, you know, they had surgeries scheduled and they needed to be there. If their kids were sick, they had sick care for children. So nobody wants to babysit a sick kid, but they actually had an entire basically ward for sick kids of doctors and nurses to be cared for during the day. It wasn't fun, um, but, you know, it could get them through and they had good care. Uh, when I started to struggle with um, having some reliable people um, at some point here in Arizona, uh, my husband was like, oh, well, did you know that my employer has backup babysitting? We never needed to use it, but there is, it wasn't, I feel like they, we were allowed so many hours either per month or per six months or something like that. We never had to use it. So I don't really know for sure, but I feel like there were seven hours that we would have been able to use for free. And then after those seven hours that we would have had to pay an hourly rate. Um, and just knowing that that existed really gave me some peace um, that if if I needed to work and I couldn't find a babysitter, that if we needed to, we could drive the kids to this daycare provider. Um, we didn't know them. We hadn't interviewed them. But at least we knew that it was available if all else failed. Um, I can't remember if they did sick care or not. But um, I think that there was another option that if you needed sick care, the, the employer also had an option that you could have an in-home provider come um, through a, like a local nanny service, but the rate was higher. Like you needed to pay more out of pocket, but it was available. And just knowing that something was available was better than nothing. Feeling very stuck. Um, you know, there's sometimes you have used up all of your PTO. Um, you know, I was interviewing Michelle in the episode 27 and she was talking about the, the ice storm. And she said, you know, we didn't get paid when we weren't working. Some of us had already used up all of our PTO for something else. And I'm like, yeah, I understand because <laughs> we've been there. You know, when we went through a big move across the country, I used up just about everything. My mom, my mom was sick. You know, you have to use up so much PTO before you're allowed to use FMLA. So um, a backup babysitter, another option if you live in a bigger city, we have it here. I don't know if this was the local just to the Phoenix area, but the Busy Bees babysitting app, it was an iPhone app. I'm not sure if it's available now for Android, but it was kind of like Uber for babysitters. So the company had screened other babysitters. Um, they had like their own like shirt with a logo and they're very punctual um, very professional. 
and they would come and babysit your kids on pretty short notice. Um, I think they liked to have 24 hours notice, but I was able to secure something a couple of times on shorter notice. Um, like I think I had mentioned in my last episode when um, I was supposed to be there for like a Valentine's Day party and something happened and I didn't have anybody and then I did. And I was so grateful they saved the day. Um, yeah. All right. So we've talked about some of the technical things that we have in our office. Um, I feel like a lot of this is a no-brainer. But if you haven't thought through it all, I would like you to think about what you do every day, what you need, and do you have a backup if that thing were to fail you? Um, what else is there? Like just in the same way, oh, a computer, obviously. <laughs> so if your computer pukes on you and you don't have a, a way to do your regular work on the device that you have, do you have things, I mean, is your work the type that's saved into the cloud or not? Um, could you use a different device? Um, one of the companies that I work for uh, teaching with uh, VIP Kid, they have compatibility with an iPad. I don't think that their app will work on an Android tablet, but I have on a very rare occasion had a, my computer just not turn on. Um, you know, there have just been a few, I have all of the things turned off so that it won't do an auto update and surprise me. Uh, but I do have it set so that um, I would always be reminded and do it intentionally. But there have been probably, I, I would say five or 10 times in the last three years that I've been like scrambling. If I keep the iPad in my office with me, uh, it's all a matter of just basically logging in and turn it on. You know, I don't always have the update. So I've had to update it a few times. Um, it's been a while since I, it's been a long time actually since I've used it. Uh, the, the tricky thing again is the, um, the headphones because I'm used to using the USB and my kids are used to seeing me with the USB headphones. Uh, I think that there's been at least one time that I actually had my headset on, but it wasn't even plugged in. <laughs> I just wanted to look like I had it in while I was scrambling to like find my um, earbuds because um, my iPad is old enough that it still uses a regular headphone jack um, and it's not compatible with any of the things that I use for my Mac, um, my MacBook. So um, that has covered my butt again. A lot of times I keep saying cover my butt. Sorry. But my other company that I have taught for, I can't use the iPad. And the only reason that that has worked out for me, that I, I don't actually have a backup computer right now. I am in the market probably for buying a desktop. Um, and then the, my, my uh, laptop would become my backup. But the reason that I've been able to get by with my second company without having the backup computer, because I couldn't even use my kids' Chromebooks. Um, my husband's computer would be off limits because... It's his company computer, and I'm not going to work for um, another country using my husband's work computer. Totally not okay. So never have tried that. Uh, but like I said, one of my companies that I work for, the one that I don't have the backup computer for, does have a few more allowances as far as um, a free pass if you have technical issues, including with um, hardware. When I was interviewing the people that I know who have been teaching ESL, um, specifically... Elton Curtis, he was just transitioning. Um, this would have been in episode 25, I think. Uh, he was transitioning from one ASL company into a tutoring uh, company. Um, and one thing that we say a lot in that ESL world is always have a backup plan. Don't 
put all your eggs in one basket with one company because things can change quickly. And we've seen that happen there a few years ago. Something went down with one of um, with my other company with VIP Kid. Um, this little girl uh, was pretending to have internet problems and was pretending to freeze. And um, her little sister was running around in the background, and I could see and hear her singing and dancing. Um, but the girl who was taking the lesson was pretending to uh, have technical issues. It was pretty interesting. And then she gave me um, a one Apple rating, which is like a one star. Um, and it was not justified, but I had to fight it. And in the meanwhile, I was nervous that I might lose my job because of this little girl and her fake uh, IT problems. Um, it was very frustrating, but I got nervous that I might lose my job because of this and there wouldn't be anything I could do about it. Thank God that didn't happen. But, um, I was just so thankful to know that I already had this other company ready. Um, I've talked in the past when I did, I think my, uh, solo episode in like, I think it was episode seven. When I talked about my work from home journey, I talked about how I worked for Mayo Clinic for 17 years. I had pension and, you know, everything. Um, I carried the benefits for the whole family with insurance. And one day they just announced that they were going to let us all go. Um, they didn't actually announce that they're going to let us all go. They gave us the option of leaving voluntarily at the beginning. And I accepted that package. It was kind of like a severance package, but it was a voluntary separation package. Um, and the biggest reason that I was willing to do that at that time was because I already started teaching English as a second language on the side for fun. It was actually just for fun money. It wasn't, I guess I kind of had a, like a premonition maybe that something might be happening with our company. Um, with that department that I worked for, they were kind of being replaced by some more, um, just with voice recognition technology, uh, taking over our role <laughs> for the most part. And, um, I interviewed my friend, Angela, who, um, was still working in that field. And she, um, was one of the people that has been able to continue working as a transcriptionist during this era of everything kind of changing in that field. But um, having that backup plan of knowing that I could eventually switch some of my income into this new thing was was really comforting for me. And I know that not everyone has the bandwidth to have multiple you know streams of income, but in this day and age, I highly recommend it. I interviewed Charles Doble. He was... Um, working in the call center in New Zealand, but he's also worked as like a fire performer and a juggler and um, a balloon artist um, and decor artist, you know, balloon decor artist. And he has gone back and forth a few times between working as his main job in the, in the call centers um, and then also working as a performer and always knowing that if he ever was in an uncomfortable position with his work, um, like a desk job, that he had you know, the freedom to leave because he could always make up for it with his other stuff. So I guess during this very, you know, uncertain time that we're in, you know, we're uh, coming into year two now of our, you know, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, a lot of people have lost jobs. And I guess um, some people are starting to get back now. Maybe things are looking up for a lot, but it's not a bad idea to keep your resume updated frankly, even if you feel like you have job security, um, every couple of years, at least just go ahead and write down some of the stories of the things that you have, 
um, helped with and like the big projects that you've worked with and like the problems that you've solved and, um, you know, how you've been a leader, just kind of refresh your memory with some of those ideas so that if you ever do need an interview, that you're not coming into it without, you know, without thinking about it for the last 15 years or something like that. It's a big deal to go back into interviewing if you haven't done it in a long time and um, some things have changed. So yeah, I would just say that that's just another thing to keep in your emergency kit, you know, for, for work. Um, as a backup plan, I, I wouldn't say, you know, live in fear that you're going to lose your job at any minute. Um, but if you don't have, um, you know, that three to six months worth of income hanging out in some bank account somewhere, as many of us don't in this season, I would just recommend going ahead and making sure that you have all your bases covered so that like you're not prone to have all of these disconnects and internet connection um, problems and power outages and things that you are the person who came with the plan and that you can stand above the rest of your team. Uh, or if you are an entrepreneur who is, you know, coaching and teaching and all these different things, or maybe, you know, relying on these um, consult calls that you aren't the one who keeps dropping. Um, I think that even just a simple internet upgrade can save a lot of dropped calls. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, how demanding some of these um, video conferencing calls are on the internet, especially if they've got kids doing online school and streaming the internet, um, watching Netflix or something like that, all simultaneously, two people working from home and three kids working from home. That's uh, that's maybe a little bit too much. Um, when I interviewed um, my friend Angela, I think she actually, uh, she was the one that was doing transcription, but she had been doing this for years and years and years, and she always paid for two different internet um, connections. She, I don't know if she had them from the same company or not, but she had one for the family and she had several kids. So that was important. And then one dedicated to her work. And the more I think about it, the more I think that's wise, uh, especially if you do have multiple people in your household. If you're single, living alone, or just with one other person who works like on site and you're from home, it's probably not going to be a big deal. But something to keep in mind. Well, I think that I'm basically wrapping it up here. I, um, as far as the podcast goes, I actually got into a little bit of a pickle last week. There was, um, I had a couple of people I wanted to interview and just circumstances in life and, you know, all of the things that are going on in the world right now, um, that didn't happen. And I did not have a backup podcast episode already recorded to plug into the place. You know, um, I wish I had, but here we are. So, um, <laughs> If I ever have a gap, I could always have one of these solo episodes pre-recorded that I'd be able to pop in so that, you know, my schedule would never be disrupted. And I guess sometimes when life gets in the way, you know, you I, I let that go and I didn't have my buffer. Um, I would love to have, a, you know, a several week buffer so that I can take a vacation and not feel like, oh, I'm going to mess up my schedule. So... Well, thank you for listening. I hope that if you um, learned something from this episode or if it just triggered a little bit of something in your mind that you could adjust so that you'd be ready for next time, if that helps you, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me at april at yesiworkfromhome.com. Uh, you can also go to the website, yesiworkfromhome.com forward slash, I guess you could go to podcast, um, check it out. You could go ahead and find the contact and send me a message. All of the different things is good with me. All right. Take care. I hope to hear from you. And uh, until next time. Bye-bye.